Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a fantastic guest on the show today. You know, sometimes you just really connect with your podcast guests. And this podcast guest and I, we just had a lot in common working with animals, especially in television. And and I guess we both work with alligators on a daily basis. That's a huge thing we both have in common. And I just love talking to this guy. On the show, we have Chris Gillette, also known as Gator Boy Chris. You may have seen him on national television. He's been featured all over on, you know, the Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, a bunch of different types of programs. He has a huge social media following. And I've actually been following Gator Boy Chris for quite a while on Instagram. I love his content about alligators. He's always on there kind of dispelling myths. And yeah, I just always enjoyed his content. And I decided just to send him a DM and say, hey, man, you want to come on the show? And he agreed. You know, Chris is a wildlife biologist. He is a photographer, a videographer. He does a bunch of amazing stuff. He runs underwater alligator tours where you literally go underwater and you can get your picture taken with alligators of course there is a little safety net but it's a, such a unique thing so i ask him all about that i also ask him about his work in television how he got his start we actually go off on a variety of different topics a lot of it is focused on animals and working in the television industry you know it's it's so cool to connect with someone sometimes i feel and this is just me being honest, sometimes so alone, there's not a lot of people that I can connect to. And by the way, I don't mean like I'm alone, I'm depressed by any means. I mean, I just, just alone. There's not a lot of people who work with animals in the media or who know the ins and outs of the industry, of the entertainment industry. And it is, it is crazy. And it's a very difficult industry to break into. If you go on Instagram, there's a million people who are trying to break into it. And anyway, we just go into the ins and outs and there's a lot of insight in this. If you are wanting to pursue a career in TV or you're looking into what it would be like working with animals on TV, this would be the podcast for you. Or if you're just curious on how it works, there's a lot of stuff people don't know about. So we go into that. Chris is also a vegetarian and I talk to him about being a vegetarian. We talk about hunting. We talk about so many awesome topics. We went well over an hour into our podcast conversation. And yeah, he's such a cool guy. So I promise you are going to love this. He also gives me his professional opinion on my alligators. So if you are unfamiliar, I have two alligators, Sonny, who is around 11 feet and Chompers, who's around six and a half feet. We just moved them into a brand new 1000 square foot facility. It's beautiful. It has a big 38 foot long pool. It's heated. There's palm trees, a sandy beach. And we actually have them separated at the moment because honestly, I'm nervous to put them together. I feel like Sonny's too big and I feel like if he were to be in contact with Chompers, I feel like he would kill her. And I wanted to get Chris's opinion. He's been working with alligators for a while and you guys, he has some really good insight and I actually, one of his suggestions 
kind of surprised me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea, man. And so I'm, anyway, once again, so happy I invited Chris on the show. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show to hear Chris's insight on whether or not I should introduce my two alligators, Chompers and Sonny. Before we get started, as always, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate all the reviews. Keep them coming in. We are one of the top nature podcasts, and that's because of you. So continue to do that. Continue to tell your friends and family. It helps the podcast grow. If you want more information, I encourage you to follow me on my Instagram at Corbin Maxi or my TikTok. If you have not had a chance, I highly encourage you to check out my YouTube channel, especially since what Christmas is right around the corner. I know a lot of us have work off. We have extra time. Maybe we are just at a family's house and we are just bored out of our minds. Check out my YouTube channel. I'll also include Chris's YouTube channel as well. He has awesome videos, a lot of really, really good content. If you would like to support the show, it is always appreciated. Five, ten dollars a month. It goes back to the show and it keeps the show ad free. You can visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash animals to the max. Okay, with that said, let's get to it. Please welcome to the show, Gator Boy Chris. Dude, I'm so excited for today's guest. It's funny when you follow somebody on Instagram and you feel like you know them, but you've never really met them before. Uh, anyway, so I'm so excited to actually have on the program Gator Boy Chris. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Dude, I'm so happy that you agreed to do the show. We're both alligator people, and I love following your content. And that's why I was like, man, I need to reach out to see if he'd like to come on the show. And you agreed, so I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I'm a little disappointed that you're not with an alligator, but I'll just let that slide. Yeah, no, I, I don't uh, I don't have any at my house. <laughs> yeah, well, thank God. Thank God. Uh, so, Chris, you are, I mean, you're a wildlife biologist, you're a photographer, a videographer. Some of my audience might recognize you from Gator Boys on Animal Planets, from seeing you on Nat Geo Wild, the Discovery Channel. I mean, you specialize in working with, you know, top predators. Kind of go into that a little bit. I mean, that's just such an exciting life. Yeah, I mean, I... I've always loved wildlife, so I work with all kinds of things. Uh, most people just know me as like the gator guy, but I mean, I've been a penguin keeper. I've worked with kangaroos. I've worked with orangutans, um, all kinds of different animals. I used to do venomous snake shows for a living. I do uh, guiding trips. I guide in the Amazon. I do shark diving trips. I lead, bring people out on, uh, do all kinds of stuff. If it's animals, I, you know, I'm down. Wow. So did you grow up always wanting to work with animals? Yeah, I've never had a normal job in my life, and I don't plan on it. Dude, you're so lucky. <laughs> so wait, so where did yeah. you where did you grow up? Florida. Yeah, so I'm from uh, Palm Bay in Central Florida, and mm -hmm. I grew up there. And then um, I got a job there working at a uh, at a little animal. Um, it was like a it was a county park, but they had like their own little gator exhibit. And so I'd work with their little gator, and then I uh, would do the nature camp for kids. So I'd teach kids about nature and bring them out hiking, and you know, like that really sparked my my love of uh, educating people about animals because I've mm -hmm. always loved animals my, my entire life, but that really kind of sparked that uh, educational aspect. Mm -hmm. And so did you, so you wanted to become a zookeeper. Did you want to work on TV? Did you look up to someone like Steve Irwin? Yeah. Well, I always looked up to Steve Irwin, but um, you know, I have so many people now that, that look up to me and they always ask me like, you know, what, what's the career path? And like you just said, what did you want to do? And I'm like, I still don't even know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> You know what? You're a jack of many trades. It's really smart, man. I was checking out your stuff and I was like, 
it's just good. You're doing a bunch of stuff. I, it's really yeah. impressive. Well, I mean, let's just learn from the animals. You know, generalists do better. You yeah. have to have a lot of skills. And, like, I mean, for my jobs, I mean, again, people know me as the gator guy, but I work, like, you know, four jobs a week usually. So it, it's a bunch of stuff. I'm all over the place. Yeah, so what do you do? Because, honestly, I was – so I, I took uh, – I, I have a bunch of notes on you right here, and I wrote – and I tried to figure out for my intro – like, I don't know if I need to call you Crocodile Chris, Gator Boy Chris, Wildlife Biologist Chris, Underwater Shooting Chris. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, um, it's funny you say that because whenever I do TV stuff, um, they want like they want sound bites. They want. Hi, my name is Chris and I'm the alligator guy. You know, like that's what yeah. they want. They're like, oh, so during an interview, they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, well, who do you want me to be? Because I, I do so many different things and it, it gets awkward because they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, do you am I the shark expert for this one or am I the gator guy for this one or am I the python guy for the you know, whatever? Like, uh, so, it, yeah, it gets a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So when was your first break, though? Because so, so, so you're working with animals. Did you I mean, you love talking to people about them. Were you recognized by a producer, uh, a local zoo PR person? How do you land doing all this amazing stuff on Animal Planet and the Discovery Channel? So, uh, I guess the real answer is if you do things where people think you're going to die, they want to film it. <laughs> Dude, that's, that uh, is that, so that's true. The real answer. God, you know? you're so right, man. You're so, that's... dude, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. My YouTube guy, cause we're working on my channel. He's like, I think we should tie a chicken around you and you could go swimming in the alligator pool. And I think we'll get you a million subs. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like people, yeah. <laughs> people yeah. want to see you die. Dude. That's what people want. And so like my my uh, career has been about balancing. I like to say it's like kind of like edutainment, you know, where like you want to educate people and I want to be a professional and I want to come across in a very specific way. But then I also understand that nobody's going to listen to me unless they think I'm probably going to get killed somewhere in the video. So then they actually watch it because they're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to die. And then they learn something through the video along the way. Oh, that's so smart. So was it YouTube or what What were you oh, doing? Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, were you working with venomous snakes? It's so fascinating to me. So I, you know, I, I was in uh, Palm Bay, like I was saying, through high school. And then uh, when, I, when I graduated high school, I was uh, going to go to college. And so mm. the college I chose, I went to FIU because I knew literally, I'm not making this up. I literally knew nothing about that school. It was the closest school to the Everglades. And that's why I picked it. So cool. Like, I just wanted to be down in the Everglades and be close to the wildlife and everything. So that's why I chose that one. And uh, then when I was there, um, I got a job working at a uh, at a park uh, called Jungle Island doing their uh, venomous shows. And that that was when I started doing, uh, you know, like big we do shows sometimes for like 600 people. It was crazy. And so uh, I was doing that. And uh, then the guy that owned the snakes, uh, Joe Wazalewski, he moved on to work on a different project, which means he quit and he all the snakes went with them. And then uh, me and the guys were still there. You know, we're like, well, what, what do we do? And they had gators. So we created an underwater gator show. Because wow. They, yeah. So they, I mean, we were just there like, uh, we have to come up with an existence here to justify getting, you know, having a job. And they had already uh, an underwater viewing area for their gator exhibit. And so we got a pair of bleachers, we threw it in front of it, and we jumped in there, and we did three shows a day swimming <laughs> underwater with the gators. And so that was my first gator show, you know, um, that I started doing. And uh, 
And it was really cool. We had a really good run for like maybe a year, and then uh, somebody got bit in the head, and then the insurance canceled it. But it was... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> Hold on, what 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 year was this? Because I I went to Jungle Island like back in 2009. Could I have caught one of these Gator shows? Right at the end of it, I think. Oh, I crap. think. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah, we only got show. we only did it for like maybe a year. The guy, you know, it sucked. Like the guy that um that got bit, he was super nice really cool guy but what happened is it was just me and my two friends and we were the ones who like had experience with gators knew what we were doing Mm -hmm. and uh and then they hired this other guy who was awesome i don't mean this to say anything bad about him but he didn't have a lot of like gator experience and definitely Mm -hmm. not in the water and they're like well you have to train him up like now and i'm like you can't just get somebody to be able to have these skills in a short amount of time and Mm -hmm. you know they kind of like management pushed that and then boom, you know, we had to put him in and he's in and he wasn't like, you know, like really that ready. Um, and, and thankfully that the gator, like it, it grazed him. It, it was a flesh wound. Like he was fine. It was not a big deal. He handled it well, you know, like kudos to him. But, um, but it was one of those things where it was like the insurance heard that and pff, we were, we were done for. I hate insurance, man. They suck. I'm sorry. Well, if that, <laughs> well, that's one of the only places I've worked at that, uh, I was getting a paycheck. Okay. Uh, do, yeah. Doing dangerous animal work. Everything else, I'm a volunteer. Oh, you yeah. have to be. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're doing this gator show. What an ingenious. So basically, to save your job at Jungle Island, I'm imagining they were super, super popular. How long were you in the water with the gators, and what what did you do? Was it theatrical? So yeah, kind of. What we, we would do. Um, so there was uh, the three of us, uh, me and my friend Mike and Mario, and we all had experience. We did the venomous shows together. Sure. Uh, before that, and so um, you know, we were like best buddies and so we'd like clown around all the time it was it was ridiculous that should have been a reality show right there but anyways awesome um so we do three shows a day and so uh each one of us would do one show of narrating the other two and then we'd take turns so that the guy narrating would be able to talk through whatever's going on and uh you know and we knew each other and we knew handling so even if things weren't going the way they're supposed to go you just kind of wing the narration you know yeah Uh, because because you knew you know you were doing it too anyways uh we would do this uh we do one we call the field goal where somebody sit on the bottom and put their arms up like this and the other person pick up a gator and just send it swimming and go right right between oh their arms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then uh yeah, and then we did another one where one person would um and this was like the finale um where you'd hold uh the bigger gator that we had um and uh, the other person you'd hold him up and the other guy would come up and kiss him on the nose underwater. Sure. Um and then one of the crazier ones that we would do. I I can't believe that I used to do this. Uh I hold the gator like the so the water level was like maybe a foot. Um, there was about a foot of airspace above mm-hmm. the water sure. where the people could see you through the glass. So you come up to the edge of the glass and I'd hold up the gator's face, like face to my face, like, and you're you know you're standing in the water face to face with the gator with his mouth open, and I'd take my hand and I'd I'd pop the jaws right in front of my face, like it was ah. ridiculous, like oh, my. ridiculous. But I mean, we were doing the show because it was fun, like we were getting paid peanuts for what we were doing. Like that's looking back at it. I'm like, we were like literally risking our lives and just making like hard minimum wage. Did, barely. Did you and, have people like not even giving a crap? Like who just sit there and eat their popcorn and be like, like completely dead beats in the audience. Like, I feel like oh, you always get those. And I, <laughs> still in my life. Still in my life. cause I do live animal shows too. And I felt like, 
if I could set myself on fire, I don't think anyone, like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, looking, at, like, watching paint dry, like, that's how amused sometimes you see people. Story of my life. I say it all the time. I'm like, I could literally get my arm ripped off by a gator, and the guy in the audience would just slowly lift his phone, like, cool, click, back to scrolling. Like... <laughs> So I actually, I actually call those people out now during my shows and my wife hates it, but I'm like, you look thrilled to be here. And anyway, anyways, okay. That's another story, but that's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I do that sometimes too. Like, okay. If you want to go down this rabbit hole, I get people. So like today I was doing Gator shows all day today and I did one show today for two people. That's my audience. <laughs> Literally two people. And you got to do a full 20 minute show. Cause yep. that's how it works. That's the job. Yep. And thankfully those two people were really nice and it went well, you know, they were cool and whatever. And I, I, I preface it whenever I have a small crowd, I'm like, now guys, we do the same show every time, same script. So with two of you, it's going to be like mad awkward. Just be ready, you know? <laughs> but, but on the other end of that spectrum, they were cool. I've had people like, there's like four people in the crowd. One of them is loudly on their cell phone having oh, a full-blown conversation. I hate that, yeah. Or, uh, or again, you know, there's like four people in the crowd. Somebody's FaceTiming their friend and like turned around with you in the background like, oh, look at the guy behind me, you know? And like you just keep doing your – like what are you going to do, you know? Oh, like Because uh, I'm also – I'm also at the, you know, mercy of people writing bad reviews. So Oh, you, you just are, kinda, aren't you? You just got to eat it sometimes, you know, because I'm working at a park. Like so it's not my park. Yeah. Can I tell you, it is, I feel like everyone should have to do a live animal show in front of a crowd or, I mean, like it is some of the, it's like the most humbling work (laughs) that one person could do. Like it is so so humbling, man. So like young, younger me, like every time, man, if there was a hot chick in the audience, I'd pick the biggest gator (laughs) and I'd be like, oh man, oh my God, that girl, she's so pretty. I'm going to, I'm going to get the biggest gator and impress her. She wouldn't even look up from her phone the entire show. I had no. over there getting my butt kicked by this alligator. Like, wouldn't even look up from her phone. You know, like, that, that was, like, every time. Then I learned. I'm like, nope, don't do anything different. Just. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you have to pick volunteers during your show? Uh, the one I do right now, I don't. Um, uh, I have done shows, like snake shows. I would, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't realize this, but I would only pick females for volunteers. They just make such better volunteers. I remember, and then when my wife was like, yes, yeah, my wife's like, you never pick guys for the snake subjects. And I'm like, oh, that's really a good point. Like, I never, I don't, you know what I mean? I just feel like, yeah, the, the girls are way better for those types of, you know, volunteer segments. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, so. So younger me was, you know, again, I was just I was trying to get girls numbers. I would always pick the hot girl, you know, and then I learned, you know, what works really well is if you pick like a really big dude who looks, <laughs> looks just... like he's kind of he looks like he's kind of soft, you know, like looks like he's scared. He looks nervous. Pick the biggest guy you can who looks a little bit scared. That's a better volunteer every time, because then when he freaks out, it's so much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say what really works is when you pick the hot girl's big friend and then <laughs> it's like you're going to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. No, no, no. I gave, I completely gave up on ever trying to pick up girls at shows. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's it, so... was, it was hopeless. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. So you do shows and you were at the, the, holi- the Everglades Holiday Park, correct, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida? Yeah. So I'm the manager of the Gator area there. Okay, so that's so that's where my listeners can come and see you doing alligator shows, and you could get a one-on-one with you. Apparently, it sounds like uh, (laughs) during this time. (laughs) So, um, yeah, if if you come and it's slow because COVID right now, you might be you and one other person in the audience. Dude, 
I, uh, but, um, uh, but, well, I was going to say that the two things that if people did want to come see me, right? So okay. I do the Gator shows at Everglades Holiday Park, and then I also do my underwater Gator tours with Casper at Everglades uh, Outpost down in Homestead. Okay. Now talk about that because that is so fast. Underwater alligator tours. What yeah. is so, what is this? Okay. So I work I, again. Just to be clear, I work at two different facilities because okay. people get you know confused. They're an hour away from each other. Okay. Um, so. I am at two different ones. So uh, the underwater gator tour that I do at Everglades Outpost is really cool. So it's uh, the star of the show is Casper. He's an alligator I've worked with for over 12 years. He's a uh, he's a little bit under 10 feet and he's probably about two 250 pounds. Wow. And so uh, he's super awesome, very well trained, and uh, we bring people in the water with with me and him. And uh, there's a net barrier between you and him. And then I take pictures of the people uh, with him underwater. And it's it's really cool. You get a half hour in the water hanging out with him. Yes, I saw some of the photos. And <laughs> dude, I have to give you crap about this. All the people that you chose for the underwater photos look great. <laughs> so like, I, I, like, I have to say that. And it dude, I post everybody I get. You are so full of crap. You would not. Okay. Have, go. Okay. Hold on. I'll go to Croc. I can DM one right now. Okay. <laughs> go. They're beautiful model girls in bikinis. Um, not every time. No. <laughs> and the only guys that you have, I think I saw one guy with like a 12 pack. And I was like, dude, yeah. there's. Okay. That's awesome. So next time, if I'm in Florida, I want you to come down and I would love to be featured on this. <laughs> No, I, I swear to God, I can send you uh, people who are more, um, um, you know, American built. Let's put it that way. Okay. okay. Um, I get people of all shapes and sizes. I do share all the photos of everybody. Um, and this is actually, it's funny you bring it up because uh, it's kind of become a problem. I've actually got some like kind of rude comments from people online posts who do my tour and they're like, oh, you only picked the hot ones. And I'm like, no, I swear to God, I post everybody. But my business has definitely... No, no, no. Listen, listen. I, I know you're laughing, but on a, on a serious note, my this uh, this business has absolutely hit the like more like influencer kind of market in a way where people like, you know, like want the, the crazy Instagram photo. And those people tend to care a lot about how they look, you know, so that's that's not my doing. Oh, my <laughs> God. That takes a lot of guts of like someone who's a little, you know, heftier set to email you and be like, you didn't post me. <laughs> like, I, like That takes a lot of guts. Oh, no, I post them. I, I, no, I, I, I get some uh, some bigger people and I do 100 percent. I post them. But the. Uh, like statistically, it is definitely more on the, um, you know, whatever, however you want to say the athletic side, whatever you want to say, you know, like athletic. I like everybody, everybody is welcome. I don't care what you look like. Come do my tour. I will post you on my Instagram Good. if you're okay with it, regardless of how you look. Okay. It's a deal, man. And I'm going to make sure I put on a little bit of holiday weight and then I want to come and I want to, <laughs> I want to, I'm the only one I never posted was a <laughs> was a guy that did it in like a thong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And but, yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, because well, that would get flagged too. Like, 100%. hey man, if that's if that's your thing, you do you. But that I've had girls doing thongs. I don't post them either. You know? Sure. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that whatever. If you're into that, that's completely fine. I just I didn't think yeah. you were going there. <laughs> well, very cool. Yeah, that is interesting. And you also, that's something you do because you're really, really physically fit. So if you're on Instagram, you're usually the dude with your shirt off underwater with the alligators. And I found this interesting. You are a, are you a vegan or a vegetarian? 
Vegetarian. Vegetarian. Let's talk about that. I, I, you talk about it sometimes on your posts, and I thought I just think it's so fascinating. How long have you been a vegetarian, and why are you a vegetarian, and what are the benefits? So I've been vegetarian um, coming in 2021. That's going to be 10 years. 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, 10 years. So, um, so I, uh, being vegetarian, a lot of people I have, I've learned from posting about this. A lot of people don't recognize the difference between vegetarian and vegan. Mm. So being vegetarian, uh, I have my own chickens. I eat my own eggs, uh, but I do not eat anything that was alive. Okay. So you don't eat anything that has eyes or a nose or a face basically. Well, even things like mollusks, um, you know, like I, I just, that's my choice you know like different people do different stuff i don't want anything to have to die to be on my plate that's the way i look at it you know so like a chicken egg where nothing's going on in there that's cool you know um and then like i don't have dairy in my house but if i'm out uh out to eat and it's it's part of the meal it's pretty unavoidable in a Mm -hmm. lot of places uh so that that i'm just i I just kind of deal with it you know but um i try to only the only animal product i normally eat is the eggs uh, that i get from my chickens that have an awesome life in my backyard wow so what is your favorite vegetarian meal i love food in general (laughs) so there's a list there's a long list but uh like my kind of go-to thing i make all the time that i'm just obsessed with are like acai bowls so oh oh acai bowls okay Okay. yeah Yeah. so i'll get the like the the frozen packet and then i get frozen uh blueberries and frozen strawberries and i make it all myself and then granola and like that's like my dessert because like i was huge on ice cream i used to love ice cream and uh so i had to like get rid of that and i'm like man what am i gonna eat like at night when it's like you know i want something cold and Mm -hmm. tastes good you know Mm -hmm. so that i got hooked on those and now i oh my god i love them Oh, I need to get a recipe from you because I we're huge ice cream eaters. Like I'm, it's a really guilty pleasure, man. Acai bowls, I'm, that sounds great. I mean, what a healthier yeah. alternative. I used to be able to sit down and I would. I'm not even kidding you. I'd eat like half a gallon of ice cream like in a sitting. Like, oh, it's it was, so easy. It's yeah, it's absurd. So I was like, I've got to stop doing that. Um, and even if even if you are uh, like fit and you work out, that stuff affects your heart, you know. Yeah. And like saturated fat and all that kind of stuff so i'm like i've got to get rid of that so but i mean i'll tell you right now what what i make exactly i do um there's these uh acai packets you get those frozen i Uh get frozen blueberries and then uh again either frozen strawberries or mango or banana you can mix it all up and then i do um i do vega protein uh vegan protein powder so i do like the um vanilla one and i put that with almond milk or oat milk and i put that in a blender Blend that baby and then pour it down over granola, and that's that's literally my favorite thing. Nice, that sounds so good. I um, did a really brief stint of becoming a vegetarian after seeing Food Inc. Have yep. you seen oh, that yeah. that lovely film? Oh my mm-hmm. god, I just that just opened my eyes, and it just even to this day you still remember. You know what I mean? Um, just scenes well, from that. You know, I mean, you work with all kinds of animals, you know, so you know this as well as I do that when you work with any kind of animal, you learn every kind of animal. If you spend the time with it, it's just like your dog. It's just like you. So we like to, we like to make a little box of like, these are the special ones, like our puppies. Everything is special like that. If you just spend the time with it, I'm raising up baby chickens right now. I have my adult chickens too. They want to cuddle with you. They seek out your attention. They want to sit with you. I have a, I have an adult chicken I've had for over five years. Oh, wow thing comes over she'll sit in my lap i can pet her she wants to be with you and enjoys the comfort and they have friends and they have ones they don't like 
So yeah. you'll see certain chickens, they're always together. They're friends. They are literally friends for life. Two hens, you know? Yeah. Or, uh, or, or they have one they don't like, and they don't like that one for its life, too. It's kind of funny. But the point is, like, they're so individualistic. They're so intelligent. They're emotionally intelligent. They have bonds. They have friendships. And then we reduce them to being a taste in your mouth for a couple seconds. That animal's entire life, its friendships, everything it's done, experience, its emotions, all it means to somebody is whether or not they have a certain specific taste on their mouth for a couple of seconds. Oh, man. So... That's the one that kills me. Because... I know, know, but but, but then how do you... But then you also feed like your alligator's chickens, don't you? So how do you you separate or differentiate that? Because, I mean, you know, you, you feed carnivorous animals. Right. So those uh, will often get our meat as donations mm. from uh, from the supermarkets when they're expired. So mm-hmm. they're just going to throw it in the dumpster. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be wasted anyway. So we can get the meat like that. And I mean, the other thing, too, is they're obligate carnivores. They don't have a choice. Uh-huh. You know, we're omnivores. You know, we, we evolved to eat both things. And so we can choose what we want to do. And with now the tech that we have, you know, the food availability for most people in the United States makes it so you can choose to not eat meat if you want to without really a big deal. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who think, um, and a lot of people in the fitness industry, who think you do need to eat a lot of protein to be buff and to be this and that. And you're a great example. You can be physically fit and, you know, eat plants and stuff like that, you know, for protein. That's, that's one I, I, makes me crazy and people are like oh i need my steak for my muscle and i'm like you mean for your gut because i got a six-pack and you don't so yeah because <laughs> i get that comment all the time like i could never give up my steak i need it for my muscle and it's like it's always some like guy that's like 20 pounds overweight drinking ipas absolutely yeah you know and it makes me crazy but like okay so here's the thing though in no way do i uh, push for people to be like me. I don't judge you for eating me. But what I do say is you should do your best to try to at least limit the amount of meat that you eat. You know, um, I, I'm not militant about it. I'm not going to hate you if you choose to have a steak. If I'm at dinner with you, if you want a steak, go for it. But if you did that every day in a row, I'm going to have a problem. You know, because yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's wastefulness. Like, because you do come into the argument that we evolved to eat both things we are omnivores right but we also evolved to only eat meat every once in a while like that's how our systems have designed and eating meat every day is not a good thing it's not good for your body and it's one of the worst possible things you can do for the environment you know and and like the reason why we eat meat at every do you know why we eat meat at every meal in this country um i I, I I would say, is it like um, not a power thing or a wealth thing? It is. is that it? Is. it? Yes, yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, it yeah. It really is because having meat at a meal used to show that you had money. Yeah. You know, like, and we don't even think about it now. It's become so normalized that now it is a thing at every meal because it became a, a, a standard of society, mm. you know? So, like, but again, that that's not normal. That's not natural. That's not good for you. And it's definitely not good for the environment. I mean, they say the best thing you can do for the environment other than not having a bunch of kids is not eating meat. <laughs> yeah. So was there a like a defining moment? Because you said ten years ago you became a vegetarian. Um, that made yeah, you go I that route. One of those movies, dude. Dude, what like yeah. a Food Inc. movie, and it just. Yep. Damn. It, I think it was a. Oh my god! I think it was Earthlings. Was the name of that one? Oh, I haven't uh. seen that one. I heard that one. I heard that one makes Food Inc. look like a Disney movie. Dude, I heard. I, 
Yeah. Really? I saw that, and I literally next day, cold turkey, pun intended. Really? Yeah, just Done? Yeah, I never looked back. Dude, I really... See, I I did I did the vegetarian thing, and then honestly, I was in college. I was hungover, and we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was like, I want. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that was the end of my stint. But uh, really, but oh my god, that's Earthlings. I've heard that. Yeah, man. I mean, I used to be the guy that would eat anything and everything. I would live, and I, I mean, other other fun fact in my history. I grew up like literally below the poverty line. Like we grew oh. up poor. And so mm. I would eat like five ninety nine cent chicken sandwiches, you know, oh, like, that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just eat the crap out of those things. And I remember like eating one of those and like you get all these chunks of bone in it. Oh, God, that oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute. Like, this isn't even like meat, man. This is like gone through like a machine shredder. Like I'm eating like crap out of a wood chipper, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So that like it stuck in my head. And then, uh. And then the girl I was dating at the time, she had been vegetarian before, and then she quit and was eating meat again. And then we watched that together, and we both, nope, <laughs> really, <laughs> we're out of this, you know, because we work with animals. I'd always thought about it as a guy working with animals, you know, like sure. you can't work with animals and not understand that they're just like you are. All of them are. Everything is. I have crayfish. I've had pet crayfish. And they, you, you can teach them, and they learn, and they learn to trust you. And you can hold them in your hand, and they learn to trust you, you know? And it's like, oh, my God. So, like, I always thought about it in the back of my mind, but I was also part of that cult of masculinity where you're like, nah, that's for sissies, you know? Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, you know, you, know what, you know what a brave guy does? He does what he thinks is and that's what I thought was right, huh. you know? And that's what made me make the choice is I'm like, no, this is the right thing to do. But, I don't care if I'm made fun of for it. But working in the animal profession, you do at some points have to feed live prey. Like, what do you do in s- certain situations like that? Because, I mean, a lot of zookeepers listen to the show and a lot of volunteers, you know, work at, let's say, yeah. raptor rehab centers where they are. Their job is to yeah. euthanize ma- rats and mice or quail. And I mean, so what are sure. your. Yeah, I, I've had to euthanize the pythons here. Oh, yeah. You know? We're yeah. talk about depressing. My entire life is oh. about loving animals, and then I have to kill an invasive python. Yes, I'm so happy. You brought, I wanted to talk to you about that because I read your your yeah your your bio. Yeah. So, so what is that like so, having to kill the Burmese pythons? I don't. That would just be awful. Yeah, it's horrifically saddening and awful. And well, okay, one thing at a time. So to get back sure. to what you were saying Sorry. about like, other zookeepers and whatnot, and like. The way that you have to look at this, and I tell myself this all the time, is you have to do the good that you can do with what you have. Mm. Don't be fatalistic about things. Don't be like it's all or nothing. You cannot think like that, you know? And I mean this applies to everybody no matter what profession you're in. Don't go in this all or nothing attitude where it's like, well, if I don't do this small piece of this pie, throw the whole pie away. You know, because people get caught up on that and they're like, Mm. well, you know, I have to kill – uh, a rat to feed to my raptor so i shouldn't be you know i I, sh- I eat meat anyways i'm already a bad guy whatever it doesn't matter it does matter you need to do the good where you can do the good understand that some animals are obligate carnivores they don't have a choice or if you're working at a facility and that's how they do it and that's your job that's what you got to do you yeah. know and like i mean i've worked at places that like have done things in ways that I would definitely not do them. And I have worked at some bad stuff, 
um, nothing horrible, you know what I mean? But like I see situations and I'm like, it's made me want to quit. You know, when I see things, I don't like the way it's done, but then I'm like, okay, I could, I could either be the guy that quits and says, you know, like this sucks. I don't want to do this, uh, because I don't agree with this one thing and quit and then lose my opportunity to educate people or to learn about this animal or whatever. Or I could be like, okay, I'm going to do the good where I can do the good and understand there's parts that I can't change at the moment, but maybe I can later and then still continue to do good. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I think you answered that very, very well. And, uh, let's move on. It just, and thank you for answering. That. I know we kind of went on like a little rabbit hole, but I just was fascinated to talk to you about that. So let's talk about the Burmese. I, I fight about my, that a lot with myself. Do you? you know? oh, okay. Oh, absolutely, man. All the time, you know? And like, when you got to do like, you know, you work with snakes. If yeah. you got a thunk rat to throw it to the snake. Yeah. It's horrible. You know, rats are super smart. That's awful. You they know, are. but it's, it's, you know, I mean, if you're working at a place, you got to, you know, you got to work with the system that you're given and try to make improvements and changes for the better where you can and understand parts where you can't at that moment. And don't let that turn the whole thing around, you know? Yeah, all of I'm thankful we get all of our rats and mice frozen now, which is nice. I've been doing that for years. In, in the early beginning, we used to raise rats and mice, which was an awful idea because I spent more time cleaning that the nasty like the cages yeah. of rats and i was like wait i'm spending more time with these rats and mice and i am my own reptile so we do everything frozen now but yeah 100 i do at my house yeah it's just so much easier it's i feel like i guess you could argue it's way you know more humane um you know and i mean what are your thoughts on insects though like for the only animal that eats live that i have i have a savannah monitor that eats big live uh, madagascar hissing cockroaches what are your thoughts on insects crickets you know, um, when you go down the list of like cognitive ability, they're sure. definitely low on it, you know? And yeah. so, uh, that is better, you know, like, okay. If, if, <laughs> if, if you were in the position, uh, it, this is theoretical fictitious position, but sure. it was like, well, I can feed my animal, you know, a thousand cockroaches or I can give them, you know, one, uh, golden retriever. Like, obviously, you get to pick all the cockroaches, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, but, like, but then I'm also in the boat of, like, if I find, you know, like, a spider in my house, I don't kill it. I bring it outside, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I, I sympathize and I empathize with insects, um, and I try not to cause – basically, don't cause harm if you, if you have a choice, you know? So, sure. like, if I have a choice, I'm always going to choose the choice that leads to the less harm, no matter what kind of creature it is, even if it's a plant. You know, like mm-hmm. if I could step around a plant instead of stepping on it, you know what I mean? Like you just choose the path that's going to cause the least amount of, of negativity of harm. You know, what do you think about people? And we're totally going on a complete tangent, but I am here in Idaho. I live on the Snake River. I am so blessed. Like, I mean, riverfront, it's great. What I struggle with sometimes is it's duck season. And it's like, dude, it is insane. It sounds like the 4th of July out of my house every like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So what do you think? And I, and I, I struggle with it, but then I'm like, okay, these guys are eating the ducks, this and that. What are your thoughts on people who hunt? Cause I mean, honestly, I look at it. If you go hunt a deer, you provide for your family, whatever. And, and I don't personally hunt by the way, but I feel like that's a lot more humane than like a factory farmed cow or, or, or like a pig yeah. who lived a hor- horrific life. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Absolutely. Same thing. Um, I'm all, I am all for ethical, responsible hunting. Okay. Um, you know, a hundred percent, you know, um, if I were 
to choose to start eating meat again, that's the only way I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's so, a good way to look at it. I uh, I don't plan on doing that anytime soon because I just I just feel so bad. Um, you know, like I, I, know. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I just feel so bad. Like I don't. It is funny because I love the hunt. You know, like really. The, the, you know, there's there's a part of my brain undeniably that lives for the hunt. Like when I have to go catch like a gator. Oh, oh yeah. my God, dude! I'm all about it. You know, the stalking, the sneaking, creeping mm. up on it, grabbing it, the fight, you know, like live capturing an alligator with like your bare hands. Dude, that's I live for that because <laughs> that's the hunt. And then and then I, I just don't kill it. You know what I mean? So like all of that leading up to the hunt is I love that stuff, you know. And so now I, I hunt with a camera or oh, I, I like with, that. Yeah. So like you could just pull the shutter instead of the trigger, you know. And so you can still stalk animals and still have like that, that experience, that rush, you know, cause I mean, we evolved to hunt things. That's what we do. We're good at it. And you're, you get a dopamine fix for doing it. Your body rewards you for that behavior. Cause that's how we survived. So yeah. I love doing it, but, uh, but then I don't kill the thing cause I, you know, I don't want to. So yeah. I take a picture or I catch it with my hands, you know, for a purpose. Yeah, I heard on a podcast the other day that it was some guy was talking about he likes the hunt, like, but he doesn't like the actual killing, but the experience and the the yeah. the, the whole hiking, the isolation, being out in nature, the just that that thrill. And I just thought that yeah. was so interesting. Like they don't yeah. actually oh. like the killing; they just like the I don't know. I mean, they end up killing to eat, but I just you well, know. Yeah. So there's a couple things there. I mean, like I said, like we have an evolutionary history of doing this thing. And so when we do this thing, it makes us feel good because mm. that is what has helped us survive. So that yep. that's one piece right there. The other thing, though, is that at least in America, we have, um, you know, the only way that a man can express his love for nature is by killing it. And that's something that is taught to so many young boys because we all love nature. You know, everybody inherently loves being in nature. And so when a young boy is in nature... You know, he grew up catching frogs and this and that. And so how do we funnel that passion into shooting things, you know, into hunting? And so that's one of the only avenues that's okay of an expression of nature as a guy. Like, you know, I never thought of it like that because it's kind of a, it's kind of a feminine thing to be like, I'm out here watching birds. birds. Oh, you're right. If if you're a 21 year old football player, guys, you want to go with me to go watch butterflies? No, you know, they're going to be made fun of. You're going to be ridiculed. Yes. You know, but it's like, hey, you guys want to go out in the woods and shoot some animals in the face? Yeah. Like, you know, it's a masculinity thing. And so that's how our passion for for nature is often funneled in this country is towards killing stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. And I do have to say, man, and I've thought about this a lot and I've had conversations on the podcast a lot about this, but with the duck hunters and stuff, I mean – Ducks Unlimited is one of the greatest conservation organizations. Like they preserve wetlands. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know, thankful to have this river area, you know, because yeah. I mean, a lot of areas have just completely been taken over. So, but, you know, well, here, here's the problem, right? Yeah. Um, why does our country only fund protected areas through that? Why doesn't our country prioritize protecting those areas with our tax dollars? It's just money, dude. Yep, that's what it is. They don't want to spend the money. The government doesn't want to spend the money to protect those areas. They want that money to come from somewhere else, so they made it come from hunters paying out of their pocket. We should be using our tax dollars to protect the environment because otherwise we don't get to live. 
<laughs> yeah. Where do you think the air we breathe comes from? The water we drink. We need to protect those areas with our tax dollars for the betterment of the entire country. And by the way, I don't even want to know the amount of comments and hate you're going to get for all the things I've said so far. Oh, <laughs> you won't. I think we have a pretty good audience. I, I, I don't think you will. Um, unless you talk – I mean unless we start talking about SeaWorld, then <laughs> – oh Yeah, hold on. But, so what are your thoughts on SeaWorld? No, I'm going to – Again, for the record, for the yes. record, I absolutely do support ethical, responsible hunting. Yes. Like, that – that's a great thing. So hunters, don't get mad at me. I'm 100% for that. I just feel bad for the animals. So I'm not going to do it. But, you know, no, if it, I was going to eat meat again. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, my wife and I, we try to be, I don't know, conscious of the meat we eat, but we eat chicken. And it's like, I get mad at the hunters for shooting ducks, but yet I'm like making a chicken dish. It's kind of like an oxymoron. You know what I mean? So I think it's just because it's so raw and loud. And I think that's what bothers me. But I totally see what they're doing. And I... I respect them for that. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely better. It's more ethical for the animals, 100%. Um, it's yeah. just one thing on the hunting, though, is why hunting can be such a good thing and such a bad thing at the same time is the ability for the hunter to select the animal they choose. Oh, because you're so right. Yeah. On one hand, that can be great. If you're choosing the males, you know, there's like a ton of males you know, you have your allotted amount, you do that responsibly. That's great. But then on the other hand, you know, you can have hunters that, uh, are going for like the bigger animal. Um, yeah. and you know, with most animals that is, that is the male, but sometimes like, you know, a big female, a big breeder, female, uh, things like that, you know, like that, that tendency mm -hmm. to go towards the bigger thing can sometimes backfire or, um, also that tendency to go towards the biggest thing gets rid of the most impressive genes. That's the part that gets me where it's he like, uh, we're selectively, we are we are selecting against impressiveness we across are. The animals yeah let's go into that a little bit more someone's a little confused listening um you know okay, like okay. so someone gets a a big elk with a giant rack you know yeah. so you're taking so, out those genes that you're taking out that fitness that you know yeah Im imagine you've got a you know you, you're a you're a basketball serial killer okay <laughs> like this is our fictitious world and this serial killer's is specifically only interested in killing tall basketball players. How do you think that game's going to go in a couple I decades? Did not see you going down this road, but yes, that totally makes sense. Yeah. They're going to get shorter. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get shorter people. Be small and wimpy, and the game is going to suck because this guy only kills the biggest basketball players. That's what we're doing. We're only killing the biggest, most impressive animals and getting them out of the game. And then the game is only going to have little wimpy, goofy ones. Yeah. What do you think? And I struggle with this. One of the most listened to podcasts that we did, I did was a round table discussion about trophy hunting. I did it with my friends from the all creatures podcast. And I'm still that argument. I, okay. I, I won't tell you how I feel, but what do you feel about trophy hunting? I, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. You know, just right off the bat, you know, the whole concept makes my skin crawl. But I do understand the idea of using the funds from that to conserve areas and especially in areas where their government doesn't have the money to protect things. And that is a good thing. You know, like it, it, it protects areas with that money. So although I hate it, I am like it's a necessary evil. But then on the vein of what we were just saying, if you were the guy running that hunting camp, just don't let them get the biggest ones. Like, you know, the idea is that they get to choose what they get. 
Um, so if they're like, oh, we're going to get this elephant that's been causing a problem. Okay, get that one. But not the one that's like super huge and amazing. Leave that one alone, you know? I ain't so disgusting. Well, what disgusts me is just the idea of a guy wanting to kill something just because it's impressive. And that's what makes me lose my mind. Like that's gator hunting in Florida where people are like, oh, Chris, you're, you're okay with hunting. So you don't have a problem with gator hunting, right? And I'm like, no, I do. Because nobody hunts gators because they want food on the table. They hunt gators because they got too much room in their pants and they want to shoot a gator because it's a gator. It's a tough guy thing. Oh, I'm going to go hunt gators because it's a freaking alligator. And like, oh, no, but we eat it. And I'm like, okay, but you could just go eat deer. And the reason you're doing the gator is not because it is a food source. You're doing it because you want to brag about gator hunting. And that uh, makes me crazy. You know, like it's a trophy hunt. It, it is trophy hunting. That's what it is. You know, I, that, that would, so I have, I have two alligators. I've been working with alligators for 17 years and I, anyway, so just like you have such a passion, I could not imagine living in a state that had alligator hunting and having people yeah. like, and I'm sure this happened. This happens to me all the time. When I do live shows, people are like, I killed the biggest snake or my blah, blah, blah. I mean, that happens to you time. all the time. Or like I shot a gator, my cousin, whatever killed. Anyway, how do you deal I, with that? That's horrible. Like alligator hunting. Like what? All the time. It's people come to your show and we're an alligator rescue. I say alligator rescue, like, <clears throat> you know, like five times to the show. And then they come after the show. Like, Bro, I love watching your show about an alligator rescue. Here's a gator I shot and killed myself. And it's like, why oh would you think God. I want to see that? <laughs> what? I and, I think people get this has happened to me a lot recently. People will this is I can't believe I'm talking about this on air, but people will find out that I work with animals somehow. And for some reason they get a thrill out of showing me like an elk they shot or something they shot, or I don't understand what I, that has happened to me. So my wife and I, we own a wine tour business because we're also in, in um, wine country out in Idaho side note, snake river wine tour. So I'll run into sometimes people on a tour. We run this operation. They'll find out about me and they'll be like, Oh, look what it's just like it. My yeah. skin crawls. It has happened so many times this year. I don't. So, yeah. What is that? So what's going on there? For one, they know you're interested and they want to share their interests with you and the interest is animals. And the only way they know how to express their animal love and nature love is by shooting it. It's what we we're talking about earlier. Bro, you like nature. I like nature. Here's me doing my nature thing, and their nature thing is shooting it. I think it's for them to get like a sick to see if I react. I think it's honestly uh, they're just I'm waiting sure for me to yeah. I well the reason why I don't think that is because when I say I'm vegetarian, people don't show me animals they killed to make me upset. Like but people, when I say I work with animals, they're like, oh wow, here's one I shot because they're excited and they want to share their passion for nature with you. And for a lot of people, that is their expression of nature. That's so weird. That's yeah, an in I, I mean, interesting psychology. Maybe that's not the right answer, but that's the way that I see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's dude, I was having this conversation with a guy that I'm training today. I, I've been training a new guy in gator handling and everything. And uh, and we were talking about people in the audience, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm like kind of a if if I didn't do animals, I would probably have done psychology. And he's like, oh, my God, I 100 percent see that in you because all you do is break down the nature or the behavior of the animals. And so I inherently do the same thing with people, too. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating way to look at it, man. It's so fascinating. OK, so 
dude, oh man, so many interesting conversations. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so you are, you're doing a bunch of stuff. So, okay, so let's go back, way back to my last question. So how did TV start for you? Because, so you said you were doing this crazy show in the water when you're about to get killed. How do you end up on these network shows or who, who discovers Gator Boy Chris? So, <laughs> oh my God, this is another the rabbit holes are endless. Okay. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm having such a good time. I haven't asked you anything like on my list, which is great. That means I'm having a good, uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess what happened, I guess the first time I was doing TV stuff was back when I was in, uh, in, in high school. Cause I would take pictures. I would do wildlife photography mm. and, um, and so my stuff while was getting recognized then. And so I did some interviews on that, you know, and they're like, wait, you get that close to snakes. And I'm like, yeah, I catch snakes. Like, you know, like I'm not putting up the pictures of me like holding the snake, but just a picture of a snake or, you know, of an alligator. And then when you're like, yeah, I get this close. And obviously that draws interest, you know, but then. um, So anyways, when I started working at places, uh, a lot of times we would have um, different TV shows come visit the park with their host hmm. and uh, their host wants to meet an animal. And then I'm the guy that brings out the animal. And then they, you know, talk to me a little bit. And they're like, hey, this guy's pretty good, you know, and then uh, they they'd throw me on for a little bit longer here and there. And that gets your face out there for, you know, like networks to see kind of a thing. Um, and so that's kind of how I, I guess I kind of got into a lot of the TV appearances I did is I was like the animal guy. And then if you just have a good stage presence, it just kind of they roll you into it because they recognize it as being beneficial. But so like with uh, Gator Boys, I got on that one because I was working at Holiday Park and uh, the guy, Paul, he sent out a bunch of videos to Animal Planet and they picked up the show. And because I worked there, boom, I was on the show. That's great. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and then, oh, my God, the things that I'm not allowed to talk about, they make you sign all these contracts. But uh, oh, my God. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, there's got to be a statute of limitations on this stuff because I got to figure out at what point am I allowed to talk about what has happened on like TV shows I've worked on without having any legal legal repercussions. Man, be careful, dude. That's yeah, well, all I, I'm I have not to say I'm not saying anything right now, but like, I just you, people have no idea what goes on behind the camera on TV shows, especially animal shows, like blows my mind i mean without again without getting into it we, we can talk about this on like a peripheral way okay let's do it this is, a, this is a fascinating time i see you nodding your head like you know what i'm talking about dude right? of course so i i'm in the in in the in, in the whole gamut of this and i am still per anyway yes <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> i know i'm always like i'm always trying to get a new show going and i'm like god if they ever see me talking they're gonna be like we're not getting that guy yeah <laughs> yeah but on the peripheral, without pointing fingers at anything, because I have worked on so many different shows, this is not about Gator Boys, by the way. Mm. Um, yeah, legal disclaimer. Sure, sure, sure. Um, in a hypothetical world, on uh, so many different shows that I've worked on, I mean, here's my favorite way to put this, is if anybody walks into a scene, it ain't real. Yeah. It's, if the camera is ahead of the person in a stationary way, then that scene is faked. Hmm. Okay? So... All these reality shows of every kind and sort that you see, unless the guy's running backwards and the camera's bobbing up and down cop style, it's not reality, mm -hmm. you know? And reality shows became popular because networks realized that they could make the same show on like a fifth of the budget 
and still give people scripts and still tell them exactly what to say, but they're not actors, so they're not part of the Screen Actors Guild, so they don't have to actually pay them anything, and they'll do it because they think it's cool and they want to be on TV and still make the same kind of TV show content. Yeah. And how do I say this? I find a lot of people... Crap, I want to make sure I don't get in trouble now. So exactly. <laughs> you got to be careful. I'm, I'm being very careful. I've, so I've worked in TV for almost 17 years. So it, it's a long time. And I've started, got my start in local TV and national now. And I've done a lot of shows. And I, some of those TV people do look at sometimes the animals. If, if they're not animal people, almost as props, would they're you props. say? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I'm not talking about so i'm not talking about that on shows i currently do like the today show is amazing and i've worked with the producer there who's been doing he used to produce jim fowler so he's i'm not talking about the shows i do now but some of these local shows or some of the stuff i have done in my past where they are you know props and they don't understand animal behavior or they want the animal to do this and you do walk a fine line you know when you do those types of programs i have gotten i have come literally inches from multiple fist fights with producers where oh, I get man. up in their face and yeah. I'm like, I'm going to hurt you. Like, <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> oh, no, I, I have, I have threatened the lives of multiple producers oh, my where God. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've had them put me in situations where like, before we go to do a shoot and I'm like, by the way, this is how I operate. I don't kill anything. I'm not killing anything. We're not doing anything on camera where I have to kill something. I'm not going to do some survivor BS where I have to kill an animal to survive in this in this area. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We show up there in another country, and they're like, camera's rolling. All right, so you're going to have to kill this animal. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I, I mean, I literally have almost I'm in their face like I'm about to knock you out because they're like, oh. you're going to you have to the network. This is what the network wants. You have to kill this animal right now. Oh, God. No, I bro. And another country, too. And you're on their dime. And I'm like, bro, I, I am this close to just walking off here. I will find oh. my own flight home. I will live in the jungle until I figure it out. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not doing this. You oh, know? I've been in some bad situations. with That them. sucks. I try to avoid situations like that because I've been well, a. Per- so did I. I, well, <laughs> I mean, so you should listen it to. <laughs> I've been approached with projects that are so ridiculous that I can't even, you know. I I mean, I know they might be trying to find the next Bear Grylls or the next Survivor Man, but that's just not the project. That's not where I see my. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you just have to be careful. Yeah, dude. One one of the other ones. Um... I think I can say this without it being bad. Uh, I was in a situation where we're not going to stage anything. Nothing's going to be staged. Nothing's going to be fake. I promise. Okay, awesome. Let's do this. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is going to be faked. But okay. <laughs> and then um and then what they wanted us to do is uh, we were supposed to um we were supposed to flip a canoe mm. and uh, then we so that we we got lost that way and so we go to the area and we're going to flip this canoe and they're like okay. This is what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. And I look at the water, and I'm like, that water's rushing. This is a horrible idea. And they're like, no, no, you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, I'm I'm a certified rescue diver. Like, that, that is a death scenario right there. Like, this is a horrible idea. No, we had our health and safety guy check it two weeks ago. And I'm like, two weeks ago? How many different weather systems have moved through this area in the last two weeks? <laughs> like, 
and and dude, and they're, they're calling me a sissy. They're in in nice and and in a nice way. They're calling me a sissy, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, you need to do you need to do the thing." And I'm like, "All right, I'm not the one that's gonna die here. I'm the only one here that's a free diver, certified, all this yeah. stuff. Like, you're at a very very real risk of your crew dying right now." And so we did it. And uh, two of the guys, I I pulled one guy up on shore from drowning, and oh uh, he was in shock. And then oh. the other guy, his eyes were bloodshot, thrown up water, like he was full on drowning. And um, oh, and we were man. supposed to we were supposed to come ashore with the safety crew. We were like two miles downriver from any of the safety people. Anything. It's a miracle nobody died right there. Dude, I was fine. God. <laughs> All for TV, man. So just be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. For any animal people listening to this, and you're going to do a TV show, be careful. You know, use your better judgment on on ethics and on safety. Yes, and my advice is some opportunities might sound super exciting, but make sure you look into everything and uh, don't jump right into, I don't know, don't don't pop the champagne thinking that you're going to get a full-blown animal show tomorrow when you see interest. Does that make sense? Yeah, and understand the reality that right now okay there's never going to be another steve Irwin, 100 okay? percent. and not only because in one way steve is irreplaceable and he's awesome yeah. but no network will ever allow there to be another steve Irwin, because steve produced his own content the reason why steve was able to make it so great is because he produced it he got the final word on literally everything that he did it was his show that doesn't exist now you're going to be under the thumb of a producer. You're not going to be able to have well, that say. And he, yeah, and he did that. I remember reading his book or Terry Irwin's book called Steve and Me. And that shot, you know, that movie he did. Yeah, uh, that it was a really cheesy movie. I hate to say it, but the, the, the movie he did. Right. They said yeah. that like some of the scenes when they were in the boats with the Crocs and they filmed at the Australia Zoo. They didn't even like get clearance from from like the networks or their insurance. They just went ahead and shot it because they knew that like they would never be able to get it approved and they just did it themselves because that's what they had to do. Like he did it. You know what I mean? No one yeah. would ever have insured it. So yeah, anyway, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, he just jumped cool. in and did it. Like mm. in my opinion, there's never gonna be another Steve Irwin because no network, in my opinion, is ever going to invest in making another Steve Irwin. They want the cheapest, easiest made in china walmart crap to throw out make sales sales dip a tiny bit screw it on to the next one yeah and then you're done yeah you're, you're, i mean i'm you're sorry that's like news. nihilistic but like i mean no. would you agree like that 100 percent. and yes and i also think that people in the animal world need to be themselves and i think that you can smell fake people a mile away and i feel like I don't know. I just think that I, I think the best piece of advice, if you do want to get into TV or anything, is just to be yourself. Don't try to copy anybody and just find your audience. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I feel like that's so important. And I don't know. I just, I cannot stress that enough, you know, cause you yeah. see, I feel like everyone online has a platform and it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a lot. Everyone has a voice and you know, there's well, a lot of, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, to speak to that, what you see online too is people go to where the likes are. And, you know, your don't allow your persona to be dictated by the attention that you get because it will only go dark. That's the only way that it works. Because I mean, what 
if you watch the social experiment on Netflix, it's yep. a great one to watch. It's a great one. Um, basically, the algorithms reward outrage, and you know, think we we all pretty much know that. Anyways, the point I'm getting at is your content will only become the most outrageous and dangerous, and you, you know what I'm trying to say. How would you say that better? Um, you mean like for like putting content out there, and you're saying that. Well, you get the you get the feedback, the attention for doing crazy stuff. Yeah, you know, so like, um, I mean, I, I guess my page, it, I am an example of it, unfortunately. Um, which I don't mind because it is the work I do anyways. But what I'm trying to say is like, my page used to be only my photography. That was it, and yeah. that's all I would post about. And then I started posting Gator videos more, mm. and now that's almost all I post. I still post my photography, but not nearly as much as I used to now it's mainly gator stuff because that's what people want and so but they want it because it, to them it's crazy to me it's my regular job so that's yeah. why like I feel like I'm not the bad example of it but I am an example of it you know where we reward this content that is outrageous and etc but that's a slippery slope because you're going to want to get more and more and more outrageous yeah you know yeah, 100%. I also think that people need to be aware of what's real and what's not real. We also, there's a lot oh, of people in our industry. I can think of a few who buy Instagram likes and comments and buy followers. And I think it's so sad. And um, I just would never recommend anyone to do that. So just make sure, I don't know, I just, there's some people that do that, that just, uh, I don't know. I just, it, it never helps in the long run. And how I look at it, is is that all those people you bought like so yes maybe it looks great to somebody but all those people you bought those aren't real people those aren't real people that will watch your show they won't you know what i mean follow you over to do that like i think they won't buy merchandise like that's not they're not real it's a vanity metrics and that's another thing that frustrates me sometimes in this animal industry you know what i mean along that vein what makes me crazy and i guess this is where i was going with what i was saying before about rewarding outrageous behavior is now i see so many videos of people purposefully endangering animals for the views oh yeah and, and the one that i really mean is where i see people purposefully endangering an animal so that they can rescue it and then they're the savior and it's mm. like oh my god here's this animal doing a completely unnatural behavior in an area it would never be found unless i put it there and i'm gonna go save it on camera and everybody's gonna gonna applaud me as the great savior. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> no, no. I, I on it. Can I be honest with you? I try to limit what I watch on social. I try to be aware of. I post content. I am a creator, but I try to. I don't know. I I try not to look at many distractions. I, so, I do still look at your stuff, but go ahead. I I, I really want to check these videos out now. Actually. Okay, so I'm. I'm in the same boat with you. I don't look at anybody's stuff, even my friends, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. my friends, I don't watch their YouTube videos. Um, even, I feel bad saying that. But like, <laughs> I, you didn't listen to my podcast. It's okay. I'm happy I, you're honest. <laughs> that's, that, you know, I mean, that that's what it is. Like, I feel like an a-hole, but, like, I don't, don't even that. watch – my like my, my, my real life friends I hang out with, I don't even watch their YouTube channels, and I feel bad, but – I get a lot of people that send me videos and they're like, hey, look at this. What do you think of this? And then I watch it and I'm like, oh my God, that's fake, you know, or that's yeah. staged or that person just purposefully endangered that animal so that they could quote unquote save it. 
and make a video out of it. So that's how I see all this crap is so many people send me stuff because they see it and they get a weird vibe. Like, you know, something doesn't seem right. I'm going to send it to Chris and see what he thinks. And I watch and I'm immediately like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so just be careful, I guess, lesson of the day of what you uh, see online <laughs> or what you watch online. I could send you some of these, dude, and some of these guys, I am not kidding you when I'm telling you that they make over a million dollars a year off of their social streams on faking these wildlife encounters, really? especially ones that endanger the animal. God, it's so weird. You mean on YouTube? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of money in YouTube, man. Stupid money. Like a I'm, lot of money. That I'm not making. <laughs> we need to get you well you're on youtube i am and we got florida's wildest watch my youtube please everybody subscribe help me out okay it's yes. called florida's wildest but um yeah so i try to make real content on youtube i don't fake anything ever and i make real stuff and uh nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> no you're at the... <laughs> that was a great commercial for my product <laughs> that is so funny i know man it's just we do live in that culture, though, of just we want the extreme, you know, mm -hmm. I we want the yeah, I, I don't know. We just put together. So we just moved my alligators, Chompers and Sonny into their brand new home here. We just built them a thousand square foot facility. It's beautiful. And we put a video out on YouTube and yeah. And we're just like trying to think. And I was talking to my video guy and he's just like, man, we just need to get more crazy. And people just want to see you in there. Just, you know what I mean? And then, and then he was like, you need to get in there with the GoPro. And he's like, there's another guy who does that. And I was like, oh yeah, Gator Boy Chris. <laughs> I was like, that's him. I should get him on the show. And then that led me down this of getting you on my show. But it's just, yeah, we live in this extreme culture, you know? Yeah. Well, here's a weird one um, that I've encountered is I have become kind of TikTok famous. Oh. I've got uh I've got 1.6 million followers on TikTok. Damn, man, that's amazing. And that happened in the last like three months. Really? Like it just blew up over like like almost overnight, you know? And it's that's crazy. great, man. Well, here's the thing. I hate TikTok. <laughs> 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 like I am thankful for the following I've gained on that platform, but they only allow you one minute videos and your caption is like, like 20 words, if that. Yep, yep. So like my thing is making huge, like book long captions and oh, yep. huge, you know, like 10 minute videos where I can properly explain and do psychom, like do science communication and teach people about animals. And that is not what TikTok is about. <laughs> no, my God. Good for you, dude. Well, you know what? TikTok's where it's at. The algorithms are where it's, it's at. So dude, I've had TikTok's been my best platform. I had a video hit 15.1 million views, which was, I mean, it's like my claim to fame of me holding a snapping turtle and I put a carrot in his mouth. His name's Happy. And people are just like, oh, like, I mean, out of all the things I've done in my career of TV, that is what I'm no. That is my what I'm known for now on uh, but TikTok. But yeah, but the algorithms are great, man. I mean, that's well, awesome. Congrats. Well, here, I got one for you along those lines. So all the crazy stuff I do, I did a video on TikTok of just me feeding the gators, like the normal stuff I do yeah. all the time. It's at 33 million views. Really? Yeah. And, and so I'm like, oh, my God, I got to ride this wave. So the next day, I'm like, I got to post one of my like more crazy videos. So I got one of me hand pulling a tooth out of an alligator's oh, mouth. He had cool. a loose tooth just hanging. Sure. And I reached my hand in his mouth, and I pulled the tooth out. And it's like super 
just gnarly, right? It's like really cool video. I'm like, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna kill. Nothing. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. That is how, dude. That's how it works, man. I, dude. So I had the mo- okay, dude. Oh my god, the most boring. So I have an alligator snapping turtle. His name's Happy. He's my TikTok star. I have the most boring video of me feeding him a chicken drum. I I, I hand feed this turtle. I hand fed him a chicken drum. He takes it so softly and eats it. I put it to some trending music and it has well over a million views. And it's like my second most viewed video. And it is the, dude, it's insane. And then yet I do 100% will post something and you think it's going to do so good. And then it just, yep, falls flat. So, so here's my, uh, learn from my mistakes. Okay. Here's my TikTok. I'm uh, taking, I'm taking notes, yeah. man. So what happened is my thing was just blowing up and I hit 1.6 million and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, dude, if I had this on YouTube, yes. I, that, I would make my living off that, you know? Um, so I'm like, okay, so obviously I need to promote my YouTube. So then the next like three or four videos I did were about my YouTube channel. And I'd like do a video like with an animal and be like, check out more on my YouTube. And I put my YouTube in my bio and I'm like, Come to my YouTube. Come to my YouTube. My views went from several hundred thousand per video to about 5,000. No way. They immediately, I don't know what you would shadow ban me, whatever. Oh. They immediately cut my knees off. And like, I could literally show you my analytics. I was gaining 50,000 followers a day. A day? I, what? A day. And I Dude. have gained, and now I, I can show you, I've gained 2,000 in the last week. Wow. They, F- they cut me out, dude, because I, I promoted another platform. I didn't know that was yeah. against the rules. I didn't know that was bad. Yep. And I'm like, guys, come check out my YouTube. And they're like, what? Uh, no. no. Cancel you. Yep. Facebook does that, too, I found out. you They will not – if you post a link or a YouTube link, they will not show it to many people. They don't want you to leave the platform. It makes sense. Why would they want you to leave the platform? So, like, I'll – yeah, I didn't wh- know that though. <laughs> yep, they'll totally do that. Man, it's so fascinating, so fascinating. Yeah. So well, my 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 TikTok hasn't grown at all since that happened. But you know what though? What I found, and I don't have nearly as many followers as you, but what I found is like it. I don't know. Like you'll go through a period where like you'll do really good, and then it slows down for months, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then you'll hit it again. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's really crazy, dude. Like, so that one, I mean, I still haven't picked up again on TikTok. I don't understand it at all. Um, and then I had a video on Facebook uh, go viral, 107 million views. Wow. Are you seeing any revenue from that? No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a hard no. <laughs> yes. Well, but, um, if it makes and, you... F- and my, I, I'm, I'm not trying to brag, but I have made money on TikTok. And I haven't publicly talked about it, but as we speak, I think I've made about thirteen dollars. Ooh, <laughs> so we're gonna baller. okay. Go ahead, go ahead. So well, e- even on even on my Facebook, so that video's got you know a hundred and seven million views. Uh, I've only got a hundred and fifty thousand followers on my Facebook. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great though. You man. know, it it has not gone up like at all. I don't I don't understand all this stuff, like all the online stuff. Like it just it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay, well, let's, uh, dude, so fascinating. I know we're over an hour and 10 minutes, and I have a professional question I want to talk to you about, okay? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it, Joe Rogan, man. Just I love Joe Rogan, dude. Three hours. Let's go. I know, right? I love, dude, he's a good, I act like I know him. He's a good guy. Okay, so. I'm dying to get on there, dude. That's like like my dream. I want to get on there. Really? 
Yeah, uh, I, I love his podcast. Uh, I mean, it's good. I, I don't agree with like everything he does. You know what I mean? He's he's <laughs> like, pretty anti-zoo, dude. He's pretty an- anti-zoo well, hunting. You know, he's a he's a uh, meditarian or whatever carnivore diet. Like, so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that like yeah, we don't get along on a lot of things. Um, but Which, I love the other stuff. Like you know, I pick and choose. Dude, he's good. So one of his friends. This is so crazy. Small world. Joe Rogan's friends helped me move my one of my big alligators. Robert Oberst, the world's strongest man, helped me move one of my alligators. So Sonny is around. And by the way, both of my alligators are rescues. Uh, so Sonny's around 10 and a half feet, a few hundred pounds. He's a big boy, dude. He's super, super big. And then I have a female who's around six and a half feet and both rescues. Okay. We have a big pool. We have a separator in the pool because we, he's just too big. Um, for me to introduce them. I'm really nervous for her safety. And I've had, I've talked to a few friends who work with alligators and some of them are asking me, well, what do you want to risk? Like, do you want to risk them, you know, missing a piece of a tail, a piece of a foot, this or that? What is your professional opinion of about a 10 and a half foot, 11 foot alligator introduced with about a six foot female? They're separated now. What are your thoughts? Okay. So one of the things a lot of people don't understand about alligators is that their social skills are not instinctual. They have to develop them. So what happens a lot of times with alligators that are in captivity, especially in northern states where the person typically only has one animal, sure. is it grows up in isolation and it does not develop social skills. And they don't know how to interact with other alligators. And so then their their immediately their immediate response is fear because they've never been around another gator. They don't know what to do. And then fear turns to violence, right? And so even if that gator is uh, not aggressive or any, you know what I mean? Like, e- even if he's not like, I want to murder that other alligator because I want to kill it and eat it, the fear can lead to self-defense in that animal's mind and it can attack the other one out of self-defense from its perspective because it has never been around another animal before, Man. you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's your case or whatever. That but, is my uh, case. Both isolation and they, by the way, not not in like a padded room, <laughs> like yeah, ice, dark padded room. No, so they, so Sonny has lived separately outdoors. We have naturally heated water on our property, geothermal water. So he was outdoors, awesome. dude. It's amazing, man. He was outdoors. He was just getting too big for his pool. And then my female Chompers was indoors, and I've had her since she was a little bit bigger than a pencil. She grew, and now we moved them into this new pool. I mean, honestly, I encourage you to check out my YouTube channel. I know you won't watch, but honestly, it's pretty good. Um, but we just – so we have a separator in between the pool, but it's just too – he's so big. It just terrifies me, and I just – I would be crushed if something happened. And he's just – I feel like she's too small for him right now, you know? Right. So best advice is, is what you're doing right now. Yeah. Have them be able to see each other, smell each other, yep. you know, like interact with each other through the fence or barrier or whatever. Mm. And then when you are ready, if you ever decide to, it is still going to be a risk. Uh, tape them up first. Tape up the jaws. Oh, that's and let smart. Them, yep. And let them get to know each other taped up and hang out, you know, and then separate them again, untape them and do that several times. Well, I don't know how the heck I'm going to get in there and tape his mouth, though, dude. He's in a giant pool. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously (laughs) (laughs) okay okay i will use my tiktok analytic money creator funds and i'll save up to have you come out 13 bucks okay go ahead so okay so that's a good idea though with the mouth so that's that's exact that's how i would do it if i was going to do it um but uh 
to everybody else, you know, listening, whatever that has a has an alligator works with an alligator. Uh, first off, gators are not pets. I always yes. like to say that right off the bat. Um, they don't deserve to be pets. They're not pets for your safety, but they're especially not pets for their well-being mm-hmm. uh, because I get so many pet alligators that are brought in and they suffer horrific metabolic bone disease. They mm. can barely even open their mouth, their skull. They literally look like a different species from what a real wild alligator looks like. And uh, and so people often want these animals as a pet for their selfish want of, I want a pet alligator. Even if they love him, even if they want only what is best for him, the very fact that you own it in captivity is abusing for an alligator is abusive in most cases because they're not being given the proper care and they suffer these crippling bone malformations as a consequence. Yeah. So I I just love throw that out there for everybody listening cuz you know. Yeah, I speaking about haters, um I had to put a statement out on TikTok cuz we've had a few videos take off and people are like, "Why are the alligator, you know what I mean, you know, in captivity yeah. this and that and you know, both are rescued. Sonny, my big male, under I rescued him. He was under four feet, and he was living in a teenager's bedroom, had no water, dry skin condition, super sad, suffered from some metabolic stuff when he was younger. And then Chompers, my female, was given as an anniversary present. Some guy got it. and Anyway, so we uh, gave it to his fiance. They broke up, and I ended up with an alligator. But I have special permits from Idaho Fishing Game. And yeah, so they're not pets. And I also want to tell people that they grow fast. I mean, I can't, I haven't used my alligators for educational shows for years, man. And it breaks my heart, well, but they're too fat and they're too big. Well, here's the thing. Yours only grow fast because you're, as I can tell from your description, taking proper care of them. They're huge. Because if you, right. So that's, <laughs> but that's only, that is only because you're actually taking proper care of them. Because I see so many gators that are literally four feet or smaller. They're 20 years old, 25 years old. Stunted. Oh, so I've seen those. That, okay. I don't know. I Honestly, like honestly, the gator you're telling me you have that's 11 feet. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the biggest alligator I've heard of from somebody owning as a I mean, I know you know what you're doing, but like as a private person, that's the biggest gator I've ever heard of being raised by somebody in a northern state. Really? Outside of AZA. And he's huge. So, And I got him under four feet and just, just under four feet, barely under four feet. And he's about 10 and a half, 11. And I encourage you to check out the YouTube video. He's, dude, he's massive. Like, I mean, we ju- I still have a scar from jumping on him when we moved him, but he he's massive. And I'm just like, dude, he's yeah. like this living dinosaur I was wondering that. Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally serious, dude. I have never seen a gator well, that see, big. See, see, a, see a, a picture first um, and make sure. But he's a big boy, dude. He's big. And yeah. we, we did the no, whole – I mean I, I believe you. Yeah. Like uh, there's this uh, facility in Utah called uh, Scales and Tails, and they have oh, sure. a gator they've had, and mm-hmm. they do really, really good work with him. And mm-hmm. that gator – you almost can't even tell that gator is not from the wild. Like it looks like a normal wild alligator. It looks like what it's supposed to look like. So kudos to them. They're doing a great job. Uh-huh. But almost every other gator I see, like I can literally do a lineup of gators and be like, that's captive raised. That's wild. That's captive raised. That's wild. Because the physiological differences are so profound from captive care deficiencies. Yeah. You know? Well, you, can, like, still, you can still see the stripes too of the alligators too. Like of um... – yeah. Um, from you know the, when they're supposed to disappear of captive gators well so that usually happens from a lack of sunlight 
Yep. And so you can see that sometimes on wild alligators that come from very, very murky water mm, uh, in a shaded sense. area. So yep. we've caught like 11 foot wild gators that still have stripes. Wow. So, yeah, it's not common. It's definitely not common, but it can happen. So it's, it's uh, you know, that's a sun exposure thing. Yeah, that would make but, sense. And Sonny's lost but, his, the majority of his, because um, he's been outside for eight years. I mean, under the Idaho yeah. stuff, but yeah. Wow. The blasting Idaho sun. <laughs> well, it gets hot here, dude, and it gets cold here yeah. too, you know. And he's, um, yeah, man, he's he's my pride and joy, and so is Chomper. So I, like you said, I've been wanting to talk to you about your thoughts on the introduction, and I just, I'm just terrified, man. He's just so big, and she's so, I mean, just, I would be crushed. I've had him for so many years, you know what I mean? If something happened, I'd never forgive myself. Yeah. Well, like I said, tape him up, try it like that, um, try that a couple of times, you know, and then. Uh, Generally, though, male and female can usually get along pretty well, um, even with huge size differences. Really? Um, it, well, they can. doesn't mean they will, you know, <laughs> not to give you high hopes too much. But um, yeah. I've seen it. I, I've definitely seen it, you know. But then, um, I mean, you get weird stuff, you know, like you get weird individual gators. And especially the isolation thing. It's just, you know, put yourself in their shoes. You know, like if you were, if you were growing up in isolation and you see a – even if it is a beautiful – uh, person that you're attracted to. <laughs> if you've never seen one before, it's going to be weird. Yeah. 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 And they're still getting adjusted to, they've been into their new home for a little over a month now and, uh, they can still see each other. They're still getting adjusted, but I'm sure it's, it's, you know, my female's never seen something that big in her life. So anyway, do they, uh, do they bellow at each other or anything? No. So Sonny used to bellow. I haven't heard him bellow in his new facility. Um, he did when he was outside, when we'd have airplanes and tractors yeah. and stuff go by, he would just go crazy. He'd scare the direct TV people all the time. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> cause he was right by the house, but uh, I haven't heard him bellow yet in the new facility. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, how long was he in the other area? Eight years. Okay, so this is a huge deal for him. Yeah, and then Chompers, we would move her every summer, though, to an outdoor. She was indoor, and then we had an outdoor pond, so she would kind of okay. used to stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I've had, yeah, Sonny, yeah, eight years he was out there. Okay. Um, oh, to give you an idea about the socialization thing I was talking about. So sure. how, how profound this can be is I have seen where people have uh, had their gator as a pet in New York, in their bathtub, whatever, for its entire life, and they bring it down to Florida and they bring it and uh, put it in at a facility with other gators, it's dead within the week from yeah. stress. Oh, from and, stress. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, seriously. From It just stresses itself out to death because mm. it's constant. It's never been interacted with like that. It's never been around other alligators, and suddenly it's surrounded by other gators that are, you know, gators are social. They're always touching each other and climbing on each other and getting little tussles with each other. So it gets all that all of a sudden, and it literally stresses to death. And I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. Oh, man. I know to hop on top of that story of someone who is an alligator and someone – um, a gal, a young gal had an alligator that she could no longer care for, bought it as a pet, idiot decision, whatever, but loved this alligator and gave this alligator to him because he had another alligator. He had it in a big facility, whatever. And then he put this baby, this alligator was this lady's pride and joy. And she was like, okay, bye. You know, I'll see you next time. And that alligator he had, my friend's alligator killed that alligator within minutes. Just yeah. killed it. Just, I, and I just always remember that thinking, oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's insane. Yep. Killed it. Just broke. I mean, just it, it just instantly just got it. 
And was that other Gator in isolation the whole time? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense, you know? And so, I mean, they are very intelligent animals. And so he could either see that as a, this is my territory and you're encroaching on it. Or again, like I was saying before, it could just be fear. Like it, it literally is fear into violence because it's freaked out. It doesn't understand what's going on. You know, it's, it's really, we often think our first jump is territorial behavior, you know, and that's how we often categorize these animals. But a lot of the violence is fear-based, especially in these kind of situations. Yeah. And to have, I mean, the pool's big. I mean, the pool's 38 feet long. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a bigger pool than what they were in. So I think they're just getting used to everything. And so that's fascinating. Well, I will keep you updated on the progress. Uh, I think for now we're going to just keep them separated. She's just, uh, yeah, Sonny's too big, I think right now to meet chompers, but I just, yeah, thank you for your professional opinion. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey man, that's what I'm here for. Absolutely. I help. Yeah. So Chris, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You see yourself having a network show? (laughs) Do we, do we lose all the, the interest from Uh, networks after our TV? I just hope I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Don't say that. If you, if you die, then they're going to put a sound clip of that, you know, over, you know what I mean? Like, Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, they totally will. But, um, no, I mean, honestly, I highly doubt I'll ever have uh, a network show because, uh, I don't think any network's interested in doing a real show anymore. You know, um, do I want to? Sure. I would love to, you know, yeah. but, uh, I just, and I, it, it just gets depressing, but like I've worked on a ton of different TV shows and I mean, 98% of them were awful, just awful. <laughs> like oh ethically awful. I mean, just, you know, like just unethical practices very bad stuff for the animals oh. unethical in their presentation of information sensationalistic uh not interested in the truth not interested in education and just things i don't want to be a part of i don't know like my real okay here's the other thing my real like hope i want to be a youtube star okay <laughs> are you serious like, okay i i am actually and That's you know right I would rather be successful on YouTube than on network TV at this point because in realistically, because on YouTube I can control my content and I can control my message and I'm never going to be put in a situation where I have to say something I don't agree with or have an animal in a situation I don't agree with because it's my channel. I control it and there's not a network exec that's going to be like, yeah, but it'd look a lot better if that was, if you almost got killed or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, so and then here's the other thing too, is what I also learned from doing a lot of TV shows is I would I would be on a show and I'd make a couple hundred bucks, almost get killed. They would make hundreds of thousands, if not millions, yeah. off of me almost dying. I didn't even make enough money to pay a hospital bill if I incurred it. Yeah. Meanwhile, these guys that took no danger on are literally making millions off of me. Yeah, and that's another misconception too. I guess some people think, oh, I'm going to get a show and be set for life. And that's just not, nope. uh, <laughs> that's not the, nope. that's, that, that's not the case. So, I mean, most of the shows I worked on, I lost money because I would have made more money just working my regular job than taking the day off to work on this show. Yeah. I think you know? how many, um, how many subscribers are you at on YouTube? I think it's like 24,000. That's great. You're getting there, man. <sighs> I, I got dude i know people have started six months after me and they're over a million right now <laughs> so yeah i have some youtube friends 
who've just accepted me in their circle and they have dude over they have billions of views and live in these beautiful houses and their full-time job are you it's the weirdest thing like so what do you do we're youtubers <laughs> it's like so crazy yeah. and um anyway they're kind of yeah yeah that, that that is a dream though youtube you know to be that content creator for sure you have control yeah, well that's that's what i would love to be able to do well, I'll tell you what, we'll put the link in the bio. So please, listeners, go. go subscribe to uh, Chris's YouTube channel. What is it again? Florida Hall. Wait, what is it's, it? Florida Boy? Uh, Florida's Wildest. Okay, sorry. Florida's Wildest. Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy we got to meet. And honestly, I want to do one of these underwater gator tour, gator, gator tours. I want to do one of these underwater <laughs> gator tours. And uh, I think it sounds awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So again, just to sell sell it a little bit. Again, YouTube, Florida's Wildest, Instagram, Gator Boys Chris, TikTok, Gator Chris One. I need to Gator I need to make Chris One. Dude, I tried yes. finding you on TikTok and I couldn't. I found the hall the Everglades the Everglades Holiday Park. I could not right. find you. So what is it? Gator Boy Chris? Gator Boys Chris is Instagram and then TikTok is Gator Chris. And oh, uh Gator Dude. Chris One actually because I, it's already taken. I can't get what? <laughs> who did Gator. What? Okay. I, yeah. So like, I'm That's like, awesome. you know, so I want to make everything the same thing to simplify it. I know it's weird, but, um, but yeah, so anyways, come do one of my underwater Gator tours. Uh, my website for that is crocodile Chris. And if you go on there, you can book on there. I know it's all over the place with the name. Yeah. But, what uh, is it? What is, let's see. What is it? Why is it not GatorboyChris.com? Just out of curiosity. Okay. Because I hate the TV show Gator Boys, and I was on it, <laughs> and I hated it. I hated it, and that's how people know me, though. So I kept it as that on my Instagram because people were fans of the show, and that's how they knew me. And I want to change it, but now I'm so branded by it. I think it would be a bad choice to change it, but I hated the show, so nothing new will ever have that. Okay. So did you? Oh my God! So did you cringe when I introduced you as Gator Boy Chris? Oh God, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm used to it. No, no, okay. it's, it, that's what I'm saying. Like it, I'm branded as that now. And even though, like, I, I had like a really, ne I quit the show. I literally walked. Man. Like, yeah, like mid season. I'm like, I'm out. I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, but you know, that was, I'm very thankful for the opportunities I got from that. I'm very thankful for having been on it. And I have used that wave to get to where I am right now. And that's why Instagram was the first thing that I had. And that's why I was Gator Voice Chris. And that was when I was on the show still. So I mm -hmm. made it that. But um, now I, you know, I've wanted to change my Instagram handle for a while, but I don't want to because that's like my branding. And I'm like, oh my God, eh, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah. I would definitely keep it if I were you, man. But I, yeah. Uh, Dude, I you're gonna be huge on YouTube, man. I know it. Your social media numbers are great. I mean, that's just dude, you're yeah, that's amazing. I'm so happy you came on the show, and I know listeners are gonna subscribe to you and follow you and follow your adventures, man. And I would love to meet in person one day. Honestly, it'd be really cool. Yeah, let me know if you want some help taping up that big gator. <laughs> Seriously, I'll be saving up on my creator fund. I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, dude. 
Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.